welcome to Relational Introvert, a podcast about the often overlooked people and leadership strengths of the quiet ones. I'm Nancy, and I look forward to sharing stories and lessons from my life, plus inviting other relational introverts to share theirs. This is very much a journey, a path to understanding ourselves and the diversity of people around us, and learning how together we can do better. Join me every Monday, and let's see where the road leads. Welcome everyone to another episode of Relational Introvert. This is our final episode for this season and I am excited actually to have Andrea Sanchez with me on this call as a guest uh, as a way to wrap up season one. Uh, I'll share a little bit more about what happens with season two as we begin to wrap our conversation but let me first welcome Andrea to the call. Welcome. Hi, great to see you. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Season one, amazing. Yes, yes, thank you so much. I'm actually, you know, before I have Andrea share about herself, the reason why I think it's awesome that she's kind of my wrap-up guest for the first season is because Andrea actually has, uh, she's part of my story for for Relational Introvert. I think I've shared it in, in previous episodes that this has been an exercise in running the experiment. And so when I was initially thinking about this experiment and how to roll it out. Andrea was actually one of the first people, interestingly enough, that that I had spoken to about it. And uh, what was really significant for me in our conversation, Andrea, I've shared it with you, is that you asked me a question that I actually wasn't really thinking about. It actually helped to eliminate the roadblocks that I was seeing, which was really powerful. So that was speaking to the power of questioning and ability to engage other people in, in ideas. So I'm very grateful that, that that happened and I'm grateful that you are here today on this conversation with me and uh, inviting all of us uh, listening in uh, in on the conversation as well. Well, I'm so glad you kicked it off. It's I, I love pe- seeing people prosper. Great job. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Sandra, before we get into our conversation, why don't you share with all of us a little bit about you and your story? Let's see. If if I were to to sum it up, I'm um I'm passionate about learning always since since I think the day I was born. I'm naturally curious all the time. I love asking questions. Thus, why I asked you your question. <laughs> um, and um, not only to to ask questions because I I love to learn, but also to to challenge people to think differently. Um, I, I, I love to find a way when some conversation is going on to find an angle that perhaps people haven't talked about and go there. And uh, I, I just love seeing, you know, people's eyes light up or maybe they're quiet and they don't know quite what to say. But later on, they're like, you know what, Andrea, you really made me think differently. Thank you so much for, for saying that. But I, you know, I love that. So it's it's it's. It's like I love I love being the spark, but I also love to to pay attention out there to see what can spark me. And sometimes things spark me in the most unexpected ways. And sometimes the the last thing I I can even imagine sparking my creativity, my imagination, um, is is what makes a difference in my day. So with that said, I've 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 been a writer all my life. I've always been so curious about why people act the way they do, why people think the way they do, why they respond the way they do, what is status quo versus acting differently. Um, so I I've always been in a path to find the courage myself 
and to challenge others to have the courage um, to truly be themselves, to think differently. If you have that thought, let it out. Ask the question. So that took me to my, eventually, my, my choice in career in communications, but also I discovered change management, um, organizational change, culture. Um, so it's, it's, it's applying what I'm naturally passionate about into um, the official titles of what exists out there. So that's, that's what, a little bit about me. That's awesome. I mean, one thing that's, uh, that's really standing out in what you shared is that curiosity piece. And the one other thing that you shared that is resonating with me is you talked about that, you know, this has been an exercise for you to build your courage as you are helping others do the same. So I find that that's true a lot of times. A lot of the work that we do is actually serving ourselves in a way. Yes. And I don't mean that selfishly, just like in no. serving us because we it resonates with us so well. And so then in that way, we're serving others along the way that's as right. well. So I find like that's kind of what, what you're sharing about your journey. Absolutely. And it's a continuous journey. So in, in a way, when people say, um, oh, Andrea, you helped me so much or thank you for listening. I'm saying, no, thank you, because <laughs> you're helping me. <laughs> you have no idea. Right. So I can totally relate with what you just said. Right. Well, tell us a little bit about Spark Story. So that is the work that you do. And how does that connect with what you just shared about curiosity and building courage? Sure. So as I mentioned before, I, I have a strong background in marketing communications, but I felt like something was missing. Like I, I've worked in nonprofit for over 20 years, um, but I felt something was missing. So I, I, I ventured out on my own and the missing piece was putting the human element first in communications and marketing, but really calling it out. And I found the best way to do that is to share from the heart, which is your stories. So I, in my work and what I propose to do with anyone I work with is I really tried being curious about why they do what they do, why, what they, where they want to be in 10 years, how do they want to be remembered, what is their legacy, and really pull the story from the heart, which represents the brand or the individual. Um, so that's what really Spark Story is, it's personal branding through storytelling, but also a huge other facet to it, which is a big part of, of, of my core, is building communities and building communities where people can feel empowered and courageous and know it's okay to be imperfect. And again, this is serving me as well because I need that constant reminder. So I've, I've started a community, it's been almost over five years on Twitter called Dare to Be and we have a great time um, once a week um, discussing everyday topics but really showing that we're human and being vulnerable and, and being accepting toward each other. Right. In the current climate that we are right now, with all the heightened level of urgency, uncertainty, as people think about what all of this, the, the coronavirus crisis means to them and the impact that's happening to everybody, how is this spark story, the spirit of it relevant today? Gosh, I, I think, you know, despite this, these surreal times, it's so important to just be self-aware of your mind 
and the mindset is everything and perspective is everything. Yes, there's a reality that we all need to, to, to deal with. And yes, some of those facts are pretty grim and not exactly positive, but we still have a choice. We have the reality, but we still have a choice on how to, to react or how to act or how to think. So what I want to do, and this is also a reminder for myself, is through my communities and, and through my social networks, and I want to extend that reminder. I like to, with the communities, check in daily, see how they're doing, but also when I pull like a Zoom call together or, or things like that, virtual events, um, I want it to be clear that this is a community where we're imperfect and that it's okay to show that you're fearful even you may have a certain title or whatever it may be, or you're the head of the household, or it, yes, you, you need to show other strength, but also it's okay to say that you're kind of scared too, um, and that you really don't know what to do, but we are going to get through this together. So I, I think that's an important part is to really acknowledge and validate your feelings as a human being. You may not be strong every single moment of the day. You may see some, some news item and, and, and completely freaks you out all over again. So, and, and that's okay. Um, so I, I, I like to form safe spaces through telling stories, through telling our, how we're feeling um, to really give us that continuous strength that it's okay to feel how we are and we together and by sharing, you let someone else not feel so alone. So that's, that's what I will continue through this journey with Smart Story. You know, that's actually really interesting. You talked about the idea of creating a safe space. I was actually thinking about that the other day is one of the things that's happening right now for a lot of people is this uh, uncertainty in their level of security. So whether, you know, income being a big piece for a lot of people who are either, um, you know, business owners, so we can relate to that, business owners, where it's like, well, what does that mean in terms of contracts and things like that? People who hold steady jobs and their organizations are possibly looking to lay off. So there's a lot of that unsteadiness. That's, right. And then that, of course, is impacting you know, partners and, and, and family members and so on as well. So I was thinking about that word security being something that is a uncertain piece for almost everybody right now. And so when you use the word safety, it makes me connect the two together because even though we may not all be able to help each other with the job situation per se, right? It may not be that I have a job that I can give you, but the idea of creating safety is, is in support of security. Like that, that's the part that it right. into. So how do we create a safe space for you to even consider what's possible? How do we create a safe space? So you talk about it, you know, one of the things for you, safe spaces around telling that story and sharing stories. So maybe that's the safe spaces. I create security by being able to have a very honest conversation about what are things, how they look right now, what's affecting me. Um, and then there's others of us who might be able to provide a safe space for something different. And I think that's where we can actually uh, connect to that security piece. So even though I don't get the answer that I came with in terms of I need a job, but that is not the only thing that that security is not just about the job. Like there's something else with the safety that we might be able to support. So I do appreciate what you shared around, around that as well. Thanks. Yeah, no, you bring up a great point on the notion of, of safety. Um, we automatically right now in our minds, of course, is job and, and health and, 
and, and obvious things like that, but there's also the safety of still, do I belong? Am I accepted? And how are people going to react if I react this way? Or do I really need to think this way that everything's going to be okay, but I'm feeling another way? Um, so there's the safety of, of being oneself during here, during this time. Um, you know, as, as, as people, I've, I've heard many people mention that during crisis, emotions are heightened, judgment is heightened. So some don't even understand who they are anymore because they, their, their emotions are out of control. So it's, it, I think it's through more, more safe, safe places of, to be able to share how you're feeling that people realize that, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that, that feels this way. Um, but also showing that, that they, they still belong. They still are an important part of this world because it's only together that we're going to get through this. Um, so uh, I, I think that's part of the safety as well. Yeah. Well, you know, um, when you were talking about people sharing their stories, you said one of the things that you enjoy doing is being able to help the quiet ones who are not sharing their stories to kind of bring that to the surface. And that's actually pretty... Uh, pretty relevant considering this podcast is about relational introverts. So usually introverts are the ones, right, that get seen as quiet and truly are more than likely quiet. But but what does that actually mean in terms of helping people to share a story and and being able to uh, being able to find a place. Um, even during this time, it, again, to your point, it's probably heightened the quietness <laughs> at this time. And so yeah. I'm curious to find out from you, one, as an introvert yourself, like how does storytelling or being able to cat, like being able to encourage someone to bring their story out, how does that look differently with those who are quieter, like with the introverts? And is that, is that even more heightened during this time, which is my, which is my guess, but I'm curious to see what you think from my direct experience, absolutely heightened. Um, if you're an introvert, you kind of want to hide a little more <laughs> because more people that aren't usually introvert are getting into the, your introvert space. <laughs> so it's, um, it's tricky. And, and I feel really bad for the extroverts because they don't know what to do. So um, I think we're all, it's safe to say we are all going through challenging times. And I find that you have to offer different ways to um, tell your story or different ways to listen, um, different ways to, to engage. Um, it's it's kind of like redefining engagement. Just because someone doesn't speak up doesn't mean they're not engaged. We all know that as introverts, right? Um, we are constantly, as an introvert, we're constantly engaged in here. It's, our minds are so loud. Um, so it's it's not it's not fair to assume just like it's not fair for us to assume things about extroverts. So I think with various types of channels and different types of ways to uh, engage, such as if you don't want to be on video, if you don't want to discuss your story on video or using your voice and there's other ways, there's blogging, there's um, journaling. If you don't want to share it with the world, at least just get it out on paper for you. Um, I don't know how many times people say, when you write out what you're thinking, at least you've got it out. Um, and, and that, that is so 
my, that's, that's really healthy because the more you keep inside, as you know, all that anxiousness just tends to go to other places in our body and we may not, it may be, it may end up being a health issue later on. So the important thing is get your story out, whether for yourself or others, maybe, and I find this through introverts as well, maybe right now it's the one-on-one, find that one friend or find that one person, or maybe it's your pet. I don't know. Um, but, but just, just, you just need to let it out. Um, the one thing that I must say is, you know, as an introvert, I, like even put even signing up to these kinds of podcasts, especially on video. Oh my gosh, video! Um, I, I do not like video, but I challenge <laughs> I challenge myself to be on video. It's like I have this alter ego that's purposely scheduling me on things, and then when it, the time comes, I'm like, why? I, uh... But then I feel okay because I know that if someone, if just one person can relate. Um, then, then, then I've, I've done my job because I bet you one other person feels the exact same way. But if they hadn't heard your message, my message, then they must have, you know, could feel like they're the only ones like that. So um, I, I think that's why it's important for especially introverts as well to, to challenge themselves and come out. If you don't want to be on video and speak, don't do that. But challenge yourself if you write something, something to be very long, put it out on LinkedIn make a tweet that's really short or if you're you know advanced go and blog something you don't even know you don't even have to understand the technicalities of it there's a platform called medium.com and and you can create um, blog posts there and it's it's you have a built-in audience so i just let your story out that's how people can connect i love what you said actually about the idea of letting your story out in the way that is most natural to you right? Even as like a starting point. So I actually never really thought about personal journaling as a way of letting the story out. I always thought about the story needs to have a, and, and exactly like an end recipient and audience of, of taking it in, but that could very well be you could right. be the audience. And, and it's so true, right? Like I, when you were talking about the noise in our head, it's so true. If someone could actually put a microphone to oh, the noise that's going on no. inside, inside. <laughs> Exactly. That's it's a mess. Like there's a lot happening. So as much as it's all quiet out here, it's all being happening inside. But I like you, the idea of putting pen to paper helps me in a in a massive way. And then sometimes I'm actually even relearning how important it is. Uh, and I've never looked at it as a story, sorry, a story perspective. And so that's that's actually really cool. That's that's a, a good way for me to shift and how I think about it. Um, but even for example, when I have everyday learning, sometimes when that learning becomes part of muscle memory, we forget what got us here. And so the next time a relearning is needed, it's almost like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, it's, I've never experienced this before. It's like starting from scratch. And so the idea of writing that story is helpful for us as individuals as well, because we can always go back to that chapter and say, you know, I have experienced this before. What were some of the key skills that I picked up? What did I strengthen along the way that I can apply again? So yes, it's not going to make, it's not about making the relearning easy, but it is about the fact that I do have a story to go back on and rely on 
oh my goodness, I have this skill, this skill, this skill that I developed during that time. And I came up with these approaches. Why don't I give that a shot again? So I, right. I really appreciate that idea of looking at storytelling, one, not just for the audience, but also for ourselves as yeah. the audience. And that the idea of, you know, to your point about video, it's not everybody's thing. Um, I appreciate what you shared about the fact that what can you challenge yourself with too? It may not be your first thing to do, but maybe once you've done your blogging, once you've done your tweeting, once you've done a few things, it might, you know, I like that there's an alter ego that says, okay, but let's, let's push this just a little more. What, what might you be willing to do? And so, and so, yeah, like trying something different. And again, I talk about this podcast being just an exercise in trying something different. And that's exactly what it is. Like you don't know um, what comes out of that. So I, yeah, I really appreciate being able to look at story as something for me, not just for someone else. And that way that actually helps me to see that I am a storyteller because I actually write quite we a bit. All are. We all have a story in ourselves, whether we know it or not. And sometimes it takes a certain situation, event, a person that you meet to bring it out. And to take it a different, uh, even a, another layer to it is why do we have to put stories into words? You may want to start drawing and that may shape your story. You may put on a song or start singing or a tune comes in your head and that kind of starts triggering what your story may be. So it's, I mean, it's fascinating. Yes. Well, I loved what you said about this because the shift for me also is I have been guilty of sometimes saying about myself, well, I'm not really a good storyteller, but to be honest, now that I think about it, I've actually written a lot of stories that I may not have shared with everybody, but I've actually written quite a few. And I feel that I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of us who fall into the trap of so-and-so is able to tell a story better. And yes, there's some people when it comes to engaging a larger group, just have a certain skill set and being able to share the, right. share a story in certain ways. And I, I see that strength. But to your point, that doesn't mean that any of us is not a storyteller. Like if the size of your audience doesn't determine the effectiveness of your story. Right, exactly. So when I think about how you approach helping people to share their story and kind of focused in that way, you talked a lot about curiosity as being a default for you since you were very young. So I can see how that helps you in being able to uncover story. But how do you then help others to build that as part of their operating <laughs> mode as well? So that so that the storytelling is not just about a moment in time, but it's something that becomes a, an experience we create ongoing. Yeah, no, that's a great question. What I have found is that some people may not think or believe they have a story, at least not a story worth telling because they really don't know themselves or they take themselves for granted. So again, um, curiosity, I, I ask tons of questions and through those questions is when they start thinking and uncovering things that perhaps others like myself when I'm having conversations with them um, think are a big deal but they never thought it was a big deal and so there and that triggers something else and something else and something else you know I, I I love asking questions too about people's childhoods and um, what they were doing or how how would you describe yourself when you were in third grade and often than not then the the 
the words that they use are often words that still are applicable right now for them, even though if they were a child back then. Right. Um, or even if they gave me a description of activities they used to do. Well, I used to be, you know, I, I had a club when I was a kid, and, and we, we had club meetings, and we, we ate a bunch of candy, and we played kickball and all this stuff. And But then I'm like, okay, so you're a leader, and what do you do now? And then they describe it. And, and so it's, it's fascinating how they don't realize they have these stories within themselves that tie who they are right now. Um, again, because they don't, the world is so chaotic, so full of noise that they often don't have time to just think and really see what true value they're bringing into the world and whether they helped someone or whether they knew they did or not through their inspiration, whether they showed leadership, whether they had a title or not, because they went first on a certain thing, they said something first or whatever, um, whether they served humanity, which also shows leadership or empathy. I mean, they're, they, people don't realize they're an inspiration to others uh, because they take themselves for granted. Yeah. When you were talking about like how it connects back to who we were as children, it was a conversation I had with somebody earlier around a principle around strengths finder is asking the question of what did you enjoy as a child? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, even if it's not the specific activity, the skills, uh, the, the aspects that brought joy, there's actually similarity that's kind of carried through. So, right. so your question around, tell me about, you know, yourself, you know, in the third grade is really valuable because we've had some very instrumental shifts in our lives very, very early on. It's, it's now that we're, I find we're more in autopilot. You probably weren't as much when we were uh, that young. So, right. so it's actually really cool to be able to bring that out. And I love what you said about, we all have a story worth sharing and worth being heard. Um, but we just, we have automatically decided that, well, one, I'm not really good at telling the story and two, who the heck is really interested in hearing my story. And we've just auto censored. Like we've just decided to self censor ourselves right. uh, rather than putting that story out there. So I kind of, as you were sharing what you do, I was envisioning you as, almost like a scribe in a way that is not maybe writing it for them, but you're pulling it out in a way in, in like this auditory scribe sort of mentality where your, your curiosity is helping guide that out of people, which is actually really powerful. Um, and I know right now we are in an interesting time, but I feel like that's relevant no matter what. Like, again, I feel right now is just heightening a lot of our, uncertainties and insecurities but that doesn't mean that this goes away like this is a value at all times right so as we kind of wrap up the conversation i'm curious to find out from you andrea like when you think about our story and the idea of sparking it what would you leave with people like what's something that everyone needs to be considering at this moment as we think about our stories continue to be you remind yourself who you are in your core. You've had values before this crisis. You still have values now, and you will still have values after. Mm. Don't let this crisis mold you into something that you're not. Um, don't let this crisis tell you that you can't do something because there are different, different ways of doing things. I mean, look at technology and Zoom and all this stuff. Don't let this crisis tell you that your dreams have to be on hold because they don't. 
is just changing the way we do things again or changing routines and because your dreams are up here and crisis doesn't take things away from up here it may take away things from you know going outside and to the movie theater or hanging out with your friends and things like that but you actually you can still do that in different ways but it can't mess with your mind unless you let it mess with your mind so you still have control of a lot of things um, control of your dreams control of your mindset control of your choices control of um, really I guess use this time to figure out who you are it's a it's a wonderful time to get reacquainted with yourself again start start capturing how do you do that start capturing your thoughts on paper words a collage whatever it may be and and you, you don't I mean you don't know whenever this thing is over you may discover things about yourself that you didn't know and that you perhaps will stop doing because they don't align with your your values and you thought all this time this was what you were supposed to do or because people said you were supposed to do that because you're so good at it, but you're not passionate about it. So just just be true to you. What you shared about this is a time to really discover or rediscover a lot of things about yourself. And as uncertain as things might seem, it doesn't take away that, that this could be that opportunity to be able to shift. So it's almost, you know, it's almost kind of calling people to what, not just about your own story, but what's the story you tell yourself. You're always yeah. saying like, let's, let's flip the script on that too, because yes, it's not taking away from what's around you, but how do you stay true? So yeah, our values are not shifting because uh, of this crisis. So I'm so excited that you were able to join me on today's college. It's always really powerful insights that you bring to the table. If anyone wants to just get in touch with you to expand on the conversation or to just take take it to the next level, what would be the best ways that people could connect with you? Sure. So I'm, I'm always on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. Um, I'm also always on Twitter, and my handle is asanchez16. I host Dare to Be chats every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you search the handle Dare to Be, you'll find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on today's call. And, and to everyone who's listening as well, I want to put it out there, you know, our conversation kind of took the direction of sharing your story. If there's anything that you have questions on, you want to comment on, once I get this up uh, and posted, please feel free to, to join in on the conversation. Or if there's something that we didn't talk about that you feel that was something that was top of mind for you, then absolutely bring that up in the comments as well. And I'm excited to be able to share with all of you. Again, as I said earlier, episode 12 is the last one for season number one. And I'm excited for and thankful to everybody who took the journey with me. And so we will be back in three weeks time with season two. And I'm looking forward to continuing this experimenting journey with everybody here. Hey, thank you for joining me for season one of Relational Introvert. This has really been a journey of learning and of running the experiment. Thank you to each of you for taking this ride with me. I will be back with season two on April 27th. So stay tuned by listening and following along on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. And as always, if you know someone else who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them too.